Hey, hey, welcome back, everyone, to another broadcast of In the Trenches. I'm your host, Tom Morcus, and today I sit down with Casper Craven. Casper is a conference and corporate events speaker, adventurer who has sailed around the world with his wife and three kids, and best-selling author of the book, Where the Magic Happens. I brought Casper on the call today to talk about how his experience sailing around the world with his wife and three kids, who are all under the age of 10, by the way, how he was able to do that and manage business at the same time, and what that taught him about entrepreneurship, productivity, success, and just happiness in general. And my big takeaway from today's conversation is this, that everyone should have a goal and an aim. And if you have a family, you should have a family goal and aim, something that pulls you all into the future that inspires you collectively. And the best way to do this is by creating a family story. A family story is something that motivates all of you and pulls you forward into the future, and you, it, it does so collectively and collaboratively. And this requires clarity, depth, color, excitement, and a hard and fast date. So it could be like the Griswolds trying to get to Wally World, or maybe your family story is you know pulling you in a different direction to a different end state. The bottom line is you should have a family story. So obviously, as a family man, I thought this was particularly interesting because it's something I do think about. How do I want to cultivate that in my own family? And how does that integrate into the business and work that I do? So We break this down step-by-step how you can create a family story that pulls you and your family into the future together collaboratively, collectively, and in a positive, exciting, and thrilling kind of way. So without further ado, let's get to today's conversation. So Casper, the place I want to start is actually with a question around kind of more your personal family life, which is what was it like to sail around the world with your family? And not just for a short period of time, but for an extended kind of very prolonged period of time. I think a a time period that most would be just kind of blown away by when they hear. (laughs) Yeah, no, so two years, right? So, and um, what was it like? It was uh, amazing highs and also uh, challenging times. Anyone who's been in, in, in a car for uh, more than two hours with, um, with a whole bunch of uh, young kids and family knows what it's like when kids get bored and frustrated. And uh, being on a boat for two years, you get exactly the same thing in a small space. So <laughs> that's the downside. But the, the upside of that is, yeah, you experience amazing things together. So um, every, every range of human emotion and uh, just magnified because you're all in this small space together. And you had three kids when you sailed around the world, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Three kids all under the age of 10. So they were nine, seven, and two. And uh, yeah, we didn't have any more whilst we were sailing. It's just a state of three. That would have been scary. Yeah. No. So so what was that like, though, kind of managing that, especially like a two-year-old on, on a ship and how you guys were, I don't know, you know, if you're going port to port and stuff like that, to new countries and stuff like that, what was that experience like? Yeah. So, I mean, look, the, um, the, when, when people first hear that sort of, I've been around the world with three, my three kids and one of them was two, people usually have uh, images of sort of uh, small children trying to throw themselves off the side of a boat. And so we did an insane amount of preparation five years beforehand to make sure that everything was uh, cool and safe with them. So looking at the you know, safety from every single angle that we could, we could imagine. Um, and, you know, developing habits, the routines, how do we do stuff together on a boat? Um, so that was kind of like the, um, the on-sea on stuff. And actually, you know, we, we kind of got into a really nice rhythm and sort of routine whilst we were on, on the water. Um, but the port-to-port stuff was fun as well, you know. You're going to different places the whole time and you're meeting different people. And, you know, I had this thing whenever we go to a new country and, you know, when you meet uh, customs people 
and they're uh, checking your passports and all that sort of stuff. And they're always really stern faced. So I'd always take my two year old in with me. And, um, you know, a two year old can melt anyone's heart no matter how hard they are. So uh, she was kind of my secret, uh, my secret weapon for, uh, for getting customs yeah. clearance. When I was going to say that's a travel hack right there. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you've got to use the assets you've got, right? So. so, okay. So then the next natural question then is, how did you possibly survive sailing around the world for two years? Like, did you have a bunch of savings that you just dipped into? Were you working as you went? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So look, so the, so the normal uh, reaction when people have sort of, um, firstly, when they hear my voice and they say, you know, you sound like some sort of, you know, well-spoken uh, British guy. And um, then they sort of say, well, you, you must have had a bucket load of money to go and do this. But like, here's the reality. So when we had the idea to go and do this back in 2009, it was. Um, uh, I had a small business back then. We were turning over about half a million dollars. Um, we were losing money and we you know, couldn't afford to buy a, a small little um, uh, boat, a dinghy boat, rather, uh, let alone a boat to go and sail around the world in. And on top of that, actually, the um, my wife and I, we weren't getting on that well because I was working 16, 18 hours a day in the business. And um, so, yeah, life was pretty strange. Uh, but we basically said, let's create a story, a narrative of the future, which is much more exciting than where we are right now. And uh, so basically, that's what we did. We said, you know, what, what do we really want for our lives? What's really important to us? And uh, so um, we created this narrative. We wrote it out in longhand um, and we, we stuck it on the wall in the kitchen. And we said, 1st of August, 2014, that's what we're going to go and do. And so we gave ourselves a mission literally to change everything in our world. And, uh, you know, the, the key part of that was then we were going to go and, uh, and do this sailing adventure. So over that um, five-year period, um, firstly had to turn that one business around. And, uh, you know, I, I made so many mistakes um, in that process. You know, my team threatened to walk out at one point because um, I was you know, driving them so hard and I tried lots of different things. But, you know, finally we got that business to really fly and uh, we ended up selling that for, um, for a seven-figure um, sum whilst we were actually sailing the Pacific Ocean. Um, but using the techniques that we developed, we actually developed uh, created two other businesses. Uh, one was an online business and one was a, a property business. And uh, they basically you know, provided all the income that we that we needed whilst we were sort of uh, off on our sailing adventures. So it was kind of a question of saying, okay, what do we want to do? What what wealth do we need to go and um, make that happen? Right, let's go and uh, let's go and do that together now, and uh, and you know, and, yeah, create the money to make it happen. And uh, timeline wise, how long ago was that then when you guys finished up the uh, the full time kind of sailing traveling? Yes, yeah, so we uh, got back in uh, summer of uh, 2016. So, uh, so we actually sailed the boat to, um, so we actually went one and a half times around the world. Uh, we, we ended up um, sailing to San Francisco. So that, I split my time now between, uh, between London and San Francisco. And uh, that's where we keep the boat. And uh, so we're still going off and doing sailing adventures. Uh, in fact, my wife's off on uh, this weekend to go and uh, start uh, preparing the boat for the next adventure. So, um, so yeah, so it's, it's still kind of happening. So. And so all this has kind of led to what you're doing today. So maybe just talk a little bit about that. And then I kind of want to go a little bit more in depth with how, how you how you work with people, clients, and, and dig into that piece. 
Yeah, no, definitely. So look, so um, so where that um, yeah led us the so so we came back from the from the sailing, and um, so I was based uh, a chunk a big big chunk of my time back then was in, in San Francisco. This was in uh, in late twenty sixteen, and I started launching different businesses, so a technology business, a food business, and around the same time I got invited to go stand on some stages and uh, go and uh, do some keynote talks and uh, and share some stories. And I have to say, I, I found that the most um, rewarding thing that I've ever done in my life to take some ideas that I've got, uh, that we developed together, and tell stories and, you know, after an, hour, after an hour of speaking to people, to leave them in a fundamentally different place with inspiration, with ideas, with some belief that they can do things differently. So we started off in that place, of, uh, or I started off in that place doing keynote talks, and I still do uh, a lot of that now. And now that's kind of morphed into my wife and I. We run um, workshops and digital training um, under the banner of, of a company called The Brave You. And that's all about uh, putting family first, creating the, uh, the family narrative and taking these ideas from business into family and then taking family principles and applying them um, in, into, into business. So the training, the workshops is all around the different uh, techniques that we use to do that and to um, yeah, get people to thrive at home and thrive at work. So that, 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 that's the core of what we do now. So let's explore that then when, you, when you're doing that, like, and, and tell me a little bit about kind of like how, how it works then, like how you explore this topic, like what are the problems that people typically have, the challenges, and, and how, do you, how do we set them right? Yeah, no, great question. So, look, so the, um, I mean, the challenges um, inside a, uh, inside, let's start with the challenges inside the business. Because um, that's the ones where, where things typically uh, show show up, and you know, the, the questions will be around. Um, you know, you feel like you're sort of you know working an insane number of hours, and you're not getting the return on the on your time, and you feel like you know what it's harder being an entrepreneur. I used to earn a lot more money and um, work a lot less hard when I was working for somebody else. Um, the whole thing around, you know, you've tried all these different things and you can't find anything that works. And the consequence of that is that you then start, uh, that starts putting pressure on, uh, on your relationship at, at home. And, you know, you start, like, start learning things and then you start ending up on a different track to your partner that, uh, you know, you're starting to develop and, and do these different things, but your partner's not necessarily in, in, in the same place. And, you know, sitting over all of that is this sort of, you know, the tightness around, you know, cash flow growth and, you know, asking the question is like, you know, is this really what I want to do? Am I feeling so deeply fulfilled by this? Is this, you know, what I really want to go and do with my life? So, and, you know, it's very much that place that we were in before of, uh, of feeling that pain and, and feeling that, uh, that challenge. So that's, you know, the, the typical um, starting point. And, the uh, the starting off point that, that we get is getting uh, people to um, start to get real clarity um, on their family stories. So our belief is that um, you create that really strong family story first and you build that base at home. Uh, whatever home looks like to you, you know, whether you're um, a single parent and you've got, uh, you've got kids at home you're looking after, whether you know, you've got husband, wife, what, whatever your home situation looks like. It's creating that narrative at home 
And that, to a lot of people, generally sounds counterintuitive. Because you say, well, look, you know, the problem's not at home, the problem's at work, and I haven't got the money coming in, and, you know, the business isn't working, all these sorts of things. But what we found was creating that really strong foundation is the thing that enables you to then go off and do your very best work. So the, the, you know, the flipping back to where we were before, I go out and work a long day. I come back home and we have an argument about you know our relationship, about money, about the kids, whatever else. And then I go back to work the next day with less energy than I come home with before. And it's just, uh, it just uh, you know, wears you down. Whereas once you sort of flip that around, it's like, okay, let's get unified. Let's get on the same page. Where do we want to go together? What's really important to us? It just unlocks this uh, huge amount of um, energy that you can uh, really start to, uh, to go and uh, make things happen. So that's kind of the, the starting point um, with, with creating these stories. Yeah, I'm kind of curious if, if we can zoom in on there, there for a second. When it comes to creating the story, like what, it, what is, what is a, a good story look like? A good story is one that excites both of you. So um, it's, yeah, I always talk about a story. A good story is one that literally pulls you into the future. And it's one that gets you excited together. I'll tell you the way not to do it, because we made this mistake a lot of times, is one of you's got a really strong idea about something that you want to go and do. And by force of personality or because um, the, the other half doesn't want to sort of uh, knock or um, you know, diminish your dream, someone agrees to saying, yeah, let's go and do that, but they don't really mean it. So a really strong story is one where you're both literally heart and soul into it and you say, yes, that's the thing that we want to go and do and that excites both of us. Because that's when you get the, one of my books called Where the Magic Happens. And the magic happens when you're sort of, you know, you're, you're unified on all those sorts of things. And yeah, there's a really strong personal development angle to this. And like all personal development work, I've done a lot of it. It's all focused on you, the individual. But our whole thing, it's all about we, not me. How do you do stuff together and really unlock that energy? So, yeah, so the good story, you know, it has clarity on it. It has depth on it. Um, it has color, it has excitement, it has a date on there when this story is going to happen. Because um, if it doesn't have a date, then you know it's like well, it could just happen anytime, couldn't it? Or it could not happen anytime. So you've got to be, um, I would say, really specific about, it, really intentional about it. And for me, it's just it's just taking control of your life, being deliberate, specific, and conscious. These are the things that are really important to us together. This is what we're going to go and do. And practically speaking, though, like, do people write these out? Do you write in the first person? How long are these stories, typically speaking? Yeah, so look, I mean, our story was uh, was a page long of, um, of of paper written out by hand, and yeah, it's it's a move. It's in, in some parts, it's a moving thing. I mean, it took us six months to create our first version of this, and literally, we'd sit down. I don't know, like every other weekend. And we would, uh, you know, get uh, magazines out. We'd get blank sheets of paper out. And we were just literally creating the story of our lives together. Well, you know, how does this story play out? And I guess, yeah, the summary of it was w- would be one page. But there would be a lot of depth sitting behind that. 
So, uh, you know, my wife could pull out um, like the folder with all the different stuff that went into doing this. And it sounds like a really simple process to go through. And it is simple, but it's not to say it's easy. It takes real work to get depth on this. And it's not just getting the, the, that story. It's asking yourself the question, why is this so important to me? And you've really got to get drilled down on that why question. And so for, so for us, well, actually, for me and my wife, we had different whys. So Nicola, she really wanted to go and circumnavigate the world uh, because that would, uh, you know, that would say something about who she was, what was important to her. For me, it was about creating magical, life-changing experiences for us and our children. And, you know, when you sort of say, well, actually, you know what, that's not going to happen. You're going to take that away from you. It's like, no, that's a non-negotiable. This is going to happen because I'm really, really clear on, on my driving forces behind it. That's awesome. Okay, so you start there. What, what else is critical here in terms of like then kind of uh, implementing this or living, living the story out? Yeah, so I think it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's again, I, I go back to like how do you build a business? And that's all about getting really clear on your vision. What does the future look like? getting really clear on the mission and the purpose. So those two things, exactly the same in family, exactly as, as they are in business. The next thing then is all about engaging the team. Who needs to be involved in this team? Because if you've got someone who's um, not involved in it, not engaged in it, then you have a really hard job. You know, we all, all know what it's like when we've had someone in our business who's not on board with things and they're just corrosive and so, you know, we had to work really hard right from the get-go to get our kids involved. And they were pretty young back then. But just to get their imagination fired up around this story, where are we going to go? Why do they care? Because, you know, people only do things for their reasons, not for your reasons. And for each individual person in your team, you've got to say, you know, it's like, well, what, 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 why is this important to you? And you've got to uncover those reasons and, you know, make people feel valued, make people feel important. Again, exactly the same as how you get the best out of your team members at work, um, in, engaging them. So that's, what, that's one part about engaging everybody. And another really big part, which was a cornerstone for me in turning uh, my business around, was doing uh, a lot of work on values and shaping how we work together as a team. Now, the values in sort of a, a business context are pretty well understood. Um, and, you know, that's funny, that's funny I say that. I mean, so back in my corporate world, I used to think that values were a whole bunch of BS, and I never really sort of um, took them seriously. Uh, but when we were turning that, the business around, they became such a fundamental building block of shaping the behaviors of how do we do stuff together. And so simply what we did is the process we used to um, anchor the values at work and make them live was exactly what we did in the home team as well. So that for me is a really core way to, um, to engage everybody by talking about how do we work together as a team. And, you know, we've we, we got some pretty dramatic stories when we were in, in the middle of the Pacific when everything went wrong and how we survived, how do we deal with things was literally by following our values because we created a blueprint what do we do when uh, when thing, when things aren't great? So I would say, yeah, getting really clear on the direction, getting really clear on why it matters, building on the, on the strength of each person, and getting them engaged, and then just that whole thing around uh, shaping behaviours. I'd say those are probably four of the of, of the building blocks to start with. 
what do you, what's the timeline you usually do for this? Cause you actually said you put a date on the calendar and, and initially I was thinking, Oh, it's, it's kind of more like uh you know, maybe part of it is kind of living out a theme, uh, but that wasn't precisely it. It was actually your story. Your narrative was actually, it's, it sounds like get, get fairly specific with it, which makes a lot of sense. But then, then in t- the context of kind of putting a timeline around that, um, what makes sense? Like what time scale are you looking at? In terms of uh, making something happen or in terms of going through these steps? In terms of uh, like, I, sorry, coming back to the, I was just thinking about how this loops back in with that, that initial starting point, which was like your family story. Yes. And so what, what does the timeline look like for that? Where, where does that make sense? Because I feel like um, some people might say, oh, I want to do this in a year. And it's like way too aggressive. Right. Or, or then conversely, yeah. it's like, this is the 20 year goal. It's like a lot of things can happen in 20 years. So what's that sweet spot? So, I mean, the, the question... Um, so I'll talk to you about how we constructed our timeline, and then let's then I'll pull some 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 insights out of that, which might be um, other people might want to uh, listeners might want to think about for them. So what drive what drove our timeline was when we were in two thousand and nine, we said okay, we need to give ourselves a chunk of time to get the money together because basically we were going from like having no money, uh, virtually no money, to creating a lot of money, and so we said okay. We need a chunk of time to do that. How long? We don't know. We then sort of looked at the age of our kids and we said, well, look, we want to do this when our kids are um, young enough that um, you know they want to be with us because they start to get to a certain age and they don't want to be with you, which we're experiencing now with a 14-year-old. <laughs> um, but um, we looked at the timeline and said, okay, so if we go in 2014, that gives us two years. And then by the time we come back, my oldest daughter will then be ready to start um, high school. So that gave us a start line saying, okay, 2014 is when we're going to go. So then say, okay, well, that gives us five years. Does that sound like a reasonable time to get like all the money together? Okay, yeah, it does. Um, so that was what drove our thinking and, and timeline on that. Here's the interesting thing, right? With hindsight, for the first two years of that five years, I was in denial about what I was doing to grow the business. I was doing things, but really I was just tinkering at the edges. I wasn't really getting after it and getting stuck into the things that I needed to make the difference. So I kind of had two years deluding myself and then three years really making things happen. And literally everything happened in in those uh, last three years. And interestingly with my wife, we said, look, you know what, if we did this again, then we would only give ourselves a three-year time horizon. We'd actually go and spend four years going doing our traveling rather than uh, two years um, because two years is relatively quick for, for, what you, for what we do going circumnavigating around the world. So for anyone who's listening to this, you know, what's the timeline? I mean, it's, I guess it's the, there's, a, there's, there's, there's a reality check in here saying, okay, there's the story we want to create. And then you, you do have to do that sense. It's like, really honestly, where are we? now what do we need to do and working out that gap analysis of you know what's the difference between between those two different things and um yeah just sort of you know saying okay what, what do we reasonably think that we can go and do to to close that gap so uh, you know that'll that'll be an individual call for each person but you do need to look at those life event things around that because that will help to um to shape the timeline and the story yeah, that's, that's fascinating. Now, when it comes to um, like uh, kind of kind of uh, kind of coming back to the 
implementation piece, and, and you mentioned kind of getting people's buy-in. What are other critical aspects of this too, in terms of kind of like living out the story and 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 both things that you should be doing or considering as you go? And then also maybe you can, I don't know if there's any places where people typically stumble or fail, because I know something like this might be really invigorating at first. And then how quickly yes. could it just disintegrate or people forget about it, right? <laughs> and so that's always a challenge. It is, yeah. The, look, I'm, I, I could start to share other things to think about, but you know the whole, um, the, uh, the book, The One Thing, right? Mm. Which is all about, you know, what's the one thing that's going to make the single biggest difference? Um, there's lots of smaller things you could focus on, but I would say having that really clear story which you both absolutely commit to, and you say that is it, and then the work on the reason why, that is kind of like 90% of what you need to do. The big pitfall I touched upon before is like one of you saying, I really want to do this, but not really meaning that. And you'll do that out of the best intentions. You'll think, well, that's really important to my partner. But it really is about that, that, that joint engagement. And I know when we've done uh, um, you know, workshops with, uh, with people that um, there is definitely this tendency. And there's also, there's actually, there's, there, there, there is another pitfall with this, by the way, which is a reluctance for people to grab hold of this process and do this because there's an underlying fear. And the underlying fear just about every single time we've done it is what if me and my partner don't share anything in common anymore? And that fear uh, will stop you going down this process. But I can honestly say every single time we've done this, and we've done this with literally hundreds and hundreds of people now, the conversation that happens as a result of this is, wow, that's amazing. I never knew that about you. I never knew that was important to you. And it just unlocks this, um, this energy. And um, people start to feel understood and uh, and feel listened to so you know this stuff is just about doing the basics really really well and uh, and really thoroughly and uh, and starting off off in that place i mean there's lot there's loads of other things so in the courses and stuff we we, we do there's loads of different things with there's traps which you fall into which are emotional traps so one of them is around your single biggest uh, weakness um because you will, uh, we all have an emotional home, which we go to um, once in a while when we get triggered to do things. And those things will pop up. And so you have to stare really hard at uh, your weaknesses. And there's two levels to that. There's both an intellectual level. Yes, I get this and I can understand this. And then there's an emotional level, which is much deeper down. Those patterns will still be playing out. So there's a good amount of emotional work that... Um, that ends up coming out of this, or certainly came out um, for us and, and, in, and the people we've, we've seen um, do this. And look, you know, we're not therapists, we're not couples counselors or anything like that, but this is just like a really sort of uh, powerful strategy for unlocking that energy both at work and, and at home, basically. What, what are your thoughts on uh, kind of rituals and uh, kind of implementing those kind of things into your life? Critical, critical part of it. The, um, I mean, the, yeah, the, the, the rituals, the habits define every single part of um, yeah, how you're going to do stuff. I think for the last two years before we went away, uh, we stopped um, drinking alcohol. I was probably doing two hours of learning a day. I was exercising five times a week. Um, we cut out um, sugar from, or largely cut out sugar from our lifestyle. And 
it was all the different things that we needed to do to keep our brains sharp, to um, surround ourselves with the smartest people. We both joined mastermind groups. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, and it's funny. I, I have now about um, – I have a, a spreadsheet. We both have a spreadsheet, which is on the fridge um, downstairs on the refrigerator. And um, I have like a hundred things that I have to tick off over the course of a week. So my meditation practice, and cold showers, all this sort of stuff. And just having it there provides that shared accountability to make sure that we uh, we do that. And um, so, yes, yeah, so the habits and rituals, it's really hard to make something like this happen without that. And, you know, supporting each other, encouraging each other. So, anyway, I mean, you, you like I have, you know, spoken to lots of different um, successful people. You certainly interviewed lots of them. And, um, yeah, that, that's one of the things that I see coming up time and time again is the importance of, of habits and, and how you shape your lifestyle. Again, if you don't take control of that, then, um, you know, it's quite frankly, it's, it's really hard to make, make awesome things happen. And it sounds like you do them both individually, then as also like a family unit. Um, some of those decisions and those habits, so to speak, uh, like, like if you're removing like sugar from the meals, that'll like, everybody's kind of on board that one, right? That kind of thing. Is it, how do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. So, so it's interesting. So, yeah, one of the most powerful rituals we have was, is doing our values. And so we do values prizes. So we, we did, we, we did it more than we, we do a little bit less now that we're at home, but on the boat, we would do it every day. These values uh, prizes by talking about what each person is doing well and uh, celebrating um, things that, that they're really good at doing. That's a really powerful way to build a team. So the kids were definitely involved in that. And, you know, just from a parenting aspect, you know, one of the things we've been encouraging our kids to do is to do more learning and reading. So that we have, we set up book corner and, you know, they've got to get so many ticks a week that they've done from going and uh, uh, learning and reading. So uh, it is very much th- them being involved in that. And they see us doing this. And I think, you know, the kids, your kids get influenced by, by what they see you do. So I grew up in a family where, I, you know, nobody exercised, right? It just wasn't um, a key thing. And I really want my kids to see that both of us, we go and do exercise regularly, and that's a core part of, uh, of what we do so that you know, they just pick up on those habits too. So. I love it. Well, Casper, we're coming to the end of our time here. I, I, I think this is a great place to wrap up too. A lot of great stuff that people can kind of take and, and start to think about. I think the family store is a great place to start thinking uh, and kind of start that journey. And also just the idea kind of, I think, reinforcing the importance of habits and, and, and rituals into your life, like just great takeaways. If people are interested in learning more about you, connecting with you, uh, where should they go? Yeah, so uh, so look, um, so caspercraven.com, and I'm on all the usual uh, social networks, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, also uh, thebraveyou.com, uh, where you can go and uh, download uh, some of our blueprints um, around uh, um, how to design your life, so all the different uh, steps are there. And also the other um, thing you can download there is how to go and um, uh, build the business that can run without you. So our blueprint of, of how we set up uh, multiple businesses to go and uh, yeah, basically run without us. So thebraveview.com. Awesome. Well, we'll have those all linked up in the show notes. Definitely check those out. Casper, thank you so much for being on In the Trenches. It was a real pleasure. You're very welcome, Tom. It's a pleasure talking to you. Are you trying to grow your online business, but struggling to get new customers consistently and predictably? Are you tired of working nonstop only to see your income plateau? Are you ready to step off the hustle hamster wheel, as I call it, 
and step onto a path of predictable profit that you can scale as much or as little as you want. Don't worry, you're not alone. I've been there. When I first got started, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. So I started reading blogs and listening to podcasts by people I respected and wanted to learn from. I slowly but surely put their recommendations into practice. But because I wanted to do it all myself, maybe you, you're you something like that, right? And you love to do, do it by yourself, learn through trial and error. Well, bottom line is it took forever. Results were unpredictable when I was first getting started. I wasn't sure where to spend my time, money, and energy. And shiny penny syndrome got the best of me on more than one occasion. For many entrepreneurs, the amount I sacrificed working literally nonstop in some cases in my spare time and 12 and 14 hour days routinely after going full-time combined with the endless fog of war, aka that uncertainty that I had to deal with at all times because I was going it alone. I think that would have been enough for most entrepreneurs to throw in the towel, but I was persistent, focused, and I stayed humble. Day after day, I worked to grow the traffic to my website, increase my list of subscribers, and generate a healthy living for my eBooks, e-courses, and other digital products. At least that was the goal. But maybe more important than the work was that I paid attention to what I was doing, including what worked and what didn't. Eventually, I discovered a predictable pattern of growth. And so what I did was I just doubled down on those things, and I scrapped or sidelined the other things that weren't working so well. Finally, two years after resigning my commission as a captain in the army and going full-time on my online business front with my blog, with my podcast, et cetera, I replaced my income with digital product income. Two years. And so if that's where it stopped, I would have been happy with it. I would have been happy with the results. I wouldn't have complained. I would have been very content just replacing my income. But the bottom line is it was so much work. I wanted to you know, see if it could go somewhere else, right? So I just kept doing what I was doing, but better, faster, and more effectively. Again, just kind of applying the same system that I discovered uh, from seeing these patterns emerge, right? So I implemented it. I kept doing it. And eventually, replacing my income turned into doubling my income. And then that turned into a little bit more and a little bit more. But not just that. It afforded me the freedom to dictate my day and also choose the projects I want to work on, on the schedule and on the timeline I want, and to work with the people I want to work with. And to me, that's like a whole new level of freedom, especially coming from the military. It's something I've never really had that level of complete autonomy until I became my own boss. I started my own business. And until ultimately, until it became profitable enough for me to start to take a step back and actually reap the rewards of it, because it's not all just working, working, working. And I do believe it's hard work. And I'll always say that nothing about doing this stuff is easy. But at the same time, you've got to reap the rewards at some point and take some of that profit, uh, even if you're just reinvesting it into new assets and things like that. Bottom line is, it can't just be work, right? Entrepreneurship and business is about that result that occurs, the value you've created and the profit, that, that piece of value that you've captured, okay? And you want to be able to reap the rewards of that profit, of that value, that little sliver of value that you get to capture, that you get to net, right? You want to be able to take advantage of that. Otherwise, you know, the entrepreneurship game really does become just a grind. And, and for, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, unfortunately, it becomes meaningless and that's when they quit. Well, for me, I love this stuff. I really, truly do. I mean, it is my thing. And so that's why I didn't just stop where I was at. I've stayed committed to learning everything I can about all aspects of this online business world and this online marketing world. And I do this through real world application. In other words, I'm currently growing several online businesses and I'm always putting my ideas to the test in real time with my own money, with my own time and energy, oftentimes with employees, you know, a lot of some, some stuff more advanced, some stuff more simple, but 
you know, so varying levels of complexity and again, in different spaces, different niches. And I can say, you know, bottom line, I've always loved the startup hustle, but I got to say, it's nice to now be in a position where I can get big results with much less effort. Thanks to having built the foundation of my business the right way. And again, I did it all through trial and error, but I don't think that that's the way that everyone needs to do it. And in fact, looking back on it, if I had to redo it, I don't know if I would. It was so difficult to just go it alone and try to figure everything out by myself. So one of the things I've tried to do is give back with this podcast, with my blog, and with my newsletter. But maybe even more rewarding than any of this stuff, while I've enjoyed all of it, I think the thing that I'm enjoying the most, that I find most engaging and rewarding is the premium business mastermind and coaching program I run called 100K Academy. Inside 100K Academy, I help ambitious entrepreneurs who are very driven and excited to be doing what they're doing. I help them grow their reach, their influence, and their profit using my proprietary marketing system. That's the same one I use to scale my own online businesses from zero to multiple six figures and beyond, and the same system I use to help my clients reach the New York Times, Wall Street Journal bestseller list, set Kickstarter funding records, and create viral product launches that have turned into predictable revenue streams. So lots and lots of case studies that you can find at tommorcus.com. If you're curious, just go to tommorcus.com slash about, and that'll get you started. Most importantly, this system is one that 100K Academy members and alumni have used to achieve tremendous results, like Alexa, who used it to have her most profitable year ever, or Tina, who used it to make five figures from a sales funnel that she can now replicate and scale, and that's exactly what she's doing. Or Carrie, who made over $75,000 in just seven days. And the crazy part about his story was that his online business was actually a side hustle up until that first profitable launch, which he has then been able to grow and scale. And he subsequently quit his job following that very successful week. And I think that that has been just a game changer for Carrie and the life he's living and the work he gets to do and the impact he gets to make on the world because of the great work he's doing now, because he was able to figure out a system that would get him the targeted traffic, the subscribers, the sales to grow a profitable online business. Bottom line, if you want to grow your online business from six to seven figures, but you flatlined or you're struggling, or you just want to be told what to do and when to do it and in what order, right? And you want a system that is predictable and scalable and isn't just you know another shiny penny, but actually will fit right into your business. It plugs in and is something that you can truly grow. I want you to go to tommorcus.com slash academy. That's tommorcus.com slash academy. Academy is spelled A-C-A-D-E-M-Y. Go to tommorcus.com slash academy, and you'll find a page on my website with more details about 100K Academy, the business mastermind coaching program I run, as well as instructions on what to do next. Again, that's tommorcus.com slash academy. And if you're serious about growing your reach, influence, or profit, just follow the instructions and we'll be in touch, okay? Again, tommorcus.com slash academy. Go ahead and head over there now. That's it for today. Stay frosty.